Remember me Though I have to say goodbye Remember me Don't let it make you cry For even if I'm far away I hold you in my heart I sing a secret song to you each night Hello everybody and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast The podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration i am your alabrihe this week Stephen buja and joining me on this trip to the underworld amy thomason amy how are you doing wonderful ready to celebrate day of the dead yes happy dia de los muertos everybody today's offering in honor of the holiday is 2017 best animated feature winner coco and i do have to say i am looking forward to talking about this one because it's a fun movie, but also because uh, it's uh, this movie won last year, and it's always interesting to see how things have uh, aged in the short term. Because we do we do a lot of long term things. Like some of the fav- some of our favorite movies, I think, are the ones that are decades old, and we know yep. the history. We know how they have impacted popular culture. We've watched the documentaries on the making of them. They've made the documentaries <laughs> on the making of them. I don't know if they've made a documentary on the making of Coco because it came out about, I think, a little less than a year ago now. And so we can go, okay, so it's more, not only can we say, all right, this is a good or bad movie, but we can say, how do we think this film will age as time goes on and it, uh, it's it's fascinating because some things you know they they're maybe not as loved early on but they gain a reputation later or vice versa and it will be curious to see where coco goes the film itself is directed by lee unkrich and adrian molina written by adrian molina and matthew aldritz it stars the voice talent of anthony gonzalez gael garcia bernal benjamin bratt alana Ubach, and many many others and amy before this podcast had did you go to the movies last year and see this film i didn't i missed Ooh. this one. Oh, and i i tried to, it does and i tried to watch it a couple times but my kids are impossible to watch movies with hmm. so i had to really sit and watch this one by myself and i'm so glad i did oh i'm i'm sorry your kids missed out on this it might be a little too young for the the theme certainly that, the imagery they're both hard to it's hard to get them through a whole episode of sesame street because they turn it off and they like do stuff and then they'll come back and watch a little more so we need to work on their attention spans with films like sit down kids like we don't always have to play watch tv come on right which is so weird I'm joking <laughs> partially but yeah my daughter will crawl upstairs and start reading which I, I suppose you can't really be mad at like why are you reading we're supposed to be watching television but, right now damn it but when i'm using it as a like they're gonna watch sesame street while i go wash the dishes and then i come back in and she's upstairs i was like oh okay make sure the gate let, let's go put the gate up if she's gonna hang out up there but <laughs> it is it's it's funny and i love it but there's certain movies i want to see and i want to sit and watch with them yeah i um there are a lot of films like I, I can't wait to show my daughter Talia Star Wars. Just like you know, just just things like this, like things I remember seeing as as a kid, probably way too young, and realizing that I still have years before I can actually do that, and it's so frustrating because I just want to be like, 
right, baby. I know you're two years old right now. Not even. But I'm going to put you down. You're going to learn about Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. And it's going to be great. And I'm like, this is a terrible idea because you're going to be scarred for life. But I just, I want, I want, I want to, sh- I want to share all these films with her. William uh, finally watched some of the Muppet movies. We watched The Great Muppet Caper. Oh, The Great Muppet Caper. And yes. I was like, I had forgotten how legitimately funny that movie is. It's a good one. I oh. mean, it's really, really funny. And they, how the, is that the, the one with the bicycle and how they biked through, you know, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I can't wait amazing. to show you. I'm, I'm going to start with all the, all the older, slower shows like Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, uh, and things like that. And we'll then, then work our way up, but I just, I just want to, I just want to show her some like terrible horror movies that she should not. Have, she has no right to see. And be like, no, yeah, your mom's not home. It's fine. Let's just, oh. We're gonna watch Friday the Thirteenth. You're gonna cool. be the one. <laughs> You're gonna be the one up with her in the middle of the night then. Yeah, I know, but I will uh, not. However, I would. I am looking forward to many years from now talking about this film, Coco. Uh, it's a. It's animated. Obviously, that's why we're talking about it. But it does deal with a lot of issues and uh, themes that you don't always find in certainly a lot of Pixar movies, of which this is one of many. And I look forward to discussing that with you right after we take a short break and discuss the Academy Awards. Yes, we are once again going to talk about the 90th Annual Academy Awards this past year's, so stick around. Okay. <laughs> Thank you to the Academy. We're so happy. Coco is proof that art can change and connect the world, and this can only be done when we have a place for everyone and anyone who feels like an other to be heard. This is dedicated with enormous love to my gigantic interwoven family, and most especially, my wife, my rock, Corey Ray. Love and thanks to my family, my Latino community, um, to my husband, Ryan, each for expanding my sense of what it means to be proud of who you are and where you're from. We hope the same thing for everyone who connected with this film. We share this with our immensely talented cast and crew, as well as the executive teams at Disney and Pixar. Thanks for the support of my wife, Laura, my three kids, Hannah, Alice, Max, my entire family, I love you. And the biggest thank you of all to the people of Mexico. Coco would not exist without your endlessly beautiful culture and traditions. With Coco, we tried to take a step forward toward a world where all children can grow up seeing characters in movies that look and talk and live like they do. Marginalized people deserve to feel like they belong. Representation matters. Actually, yes, Amy, Grave of Fireflies, while an animated film, is um, not a movie you take your kids to see. (laughs) One of those gut punch films that just... You need a like a really you need to like go and you go into your room and hide for a couple of days. It just messes you up. It's uh it's powerful and great, and you should you should definitely go see it. But we are not here to discuss Miyazaki, <laughs> although I could talk Miyazaki all day if you need me to. We're here to talk about Coco, and in particular the Academy Awards it picked up this past year. It was nominated for two. It won two. What were they? Lay it on me. 
Besides best animated feature, best original song for Remember Me. Yes, and I believe, thinking back to our 90th Academy Award recap, we were both a little cross about that, and I think that has to do because I have a huge man crush on Hugh Jackman, and you have a, just a crush crush on Hugh Jackman, oh, and uh, mm. this is me, <laughs> and the whole greatest showman uh, is a really good song and really hit the popular zeitgeist, and it was very surprising when it didn't win. However, and despite the success of um, Greatest Showman, I do kind of feel like it was. Basically, it was like four. It was like forty people seeing the movie a million times, and they were all teenage girls who couldn't vote in the Academy Awards. And, and so, like that's where, <laughs> like that's just where all the money came from. So, like it made a lot, but like how many tickets did it actually? Sell? Like how many, how many unique people saw it? I'm guessing not a lot. It's kind of like that rent phenomenon. Like I haven't seen it. Are you, you ready? I I did not see it. Oh man, you would shocking because that still, is I'm shocking. Literally tar- I'm literally the target audience for that movie. It's it's music. It's musical theater. It's Hugh Jackman. And it's Hugh Jackman. That's it. That's all I need. Yeah, and um, uh, what's his face? High School Musical. Oh, eyebrows. the pretty one, Zac Efron. Zac Efron. He's. I like Zac Efron. I think he's he, he should he should talent. be the biggest fucking star. Dude can play. Dude could be an action hero. You do comedy, drama. I like. I don't understand why we aren't more in love with Zac Efron. He's so pretty. I never saw High School Musical until about a year or two ago, and I was like, he's actually really talented. He's really good, and he's so much better than this material here. Oh my god! And those eyes, I can fall fall into them. But uh, best original song, "Remember Remember Me," uh, featured heavily in the film. Uh, The film made a. of money, one of the most successful film uh, films with an all Latin American cast, Latin cast, uh, and so I think I think that really helped the you know just by you, everyone saw this movie, so everyone heard this song, and it's featured in the movie over. And it's over an important and over again. part of the and it's movie. a very it's like it's a it's vital to the plot. It's a, and yeah, it's the theme and vital to the plot. Yeah, and I think. Uh, I think in that regard, memory is stronger. But there's the the catchiness of "This Is Me." I just like I re- I really like that song. And uh, I don't know the words to "Remember Me." I just know "Remember Me," something, something, something. I have to say goodbye. <laughs> remember me, and then I, then I lose it. But it's very good. It's it's a, it's a good. It is. Whichever song won between those two, and that was really the. Those were really the the two main competitors. Nobody was going to be upset. It just would have been nice to say Academy Award winner, Greatest Showman. That would have been like a lot of fun. Uh, Hugh Jackman. But uh, Coco did have to beat out four other films for the title of Best Animated Feature. What were they? The Boss Baby, which is why I could never see the movie Baby Driver because I was like... Baby Driver, Boss Baby. What's with all these stupid movies? It's not the same movie. And you should go see Baby Driver. It's not the best movie. It's very very good. The title alone means I can never go see it. It's just a. Whoever. You should go see it. You should go see it. It's excellent uh, uh, excellent Edgar Wright uh, action filmmaking. Ferdinand, based on a book that I absolutely loved as a child. Oh, okay. 
The Breadwinner, which, by the way, get the book for your daughter. It's a beautiful book. Classic. Oh, uh, the I... Breadwinner, which wait, I never wait, heard wait, of. The, wait, The Breadwinner is a book? or Ferdinand. Ferdinand, okay. The Bull Who Just Wants to Be Peaceful. That's yeah, I, ca- I caught the end of it. It seemed delightful. And you know what? John Cena is a nice, he seems like a nice dude. So. Yeah, read the book, though. It's, right. That's why I couldn't see the movie. The Breadwinner, which I never heard of, and Loving Vincent, which I also never heard yeah. of. Breadwinner is a 2D, uh, 2D film, very small independent, supposed to be very good, I think it's foreign. And Loving Vincent takes the works of Vincent van Gogh and sort of animates them into a, into a story. It was set to the music of uh, Clint Mansell and I believe Kronos Quartet and working with them. Either way, the music is uh, out of this world. I've heard the soundtrack, and it's amazing. But um, it's very odd. Uh, so... I've I've learned that really the only thing that is going to stop Pixar from ever winning the best animated feature award is Pixar itself. It's happened a couple of times when they release cars and it goes to happy feet. But like there's a there's a film that's missing here that I'm actually very shocked because Cars 3 also came out this year, another Pixar film, and it is very good. It's like I was amazed by like how much I enjoyed this movie and how emotional it made me. But I have a you know being a dad now and just like everything makes me emotional. <laughs> the worst fucking feeling in the world. God damn it! But uh, it's it's just odd that I, I I guess at one point Pixar said, all right, which which movie are we nominating? We're gonna go with Coco, and we can't nominate Cars Three because that will split the vote. And then God forbid Boss Baby sneaks in there because Boss Baby was very successful. And yeah, I, I don't I'm know sure if it's actually it very good, but people seem to just really go and see that movie. So, um, you know, Pixar kind of uh, hob- hobbling themselves a little bit just to you know, they're 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 knocking down one so they can raise the other, and they can do that because they're Pixar. It's just it's very funny. It's very, very true. Funny. However, however, there is one film that was not nominated. One animated film was not nominated. I'm so mad about it. It's one of my favorite films of the year. The Lego Batman movie, which, no joke, the number two best Batman movie of all time. They've made a lot of them. It is the second best behind the Dark Knight. Uh, perhaps the most pure expression of the character of Batman and what he what he's good and what is wrong with him. You need to see this movie if you have not seen the Lego Batman movie. That it was not nominated is insane. That the fucking Academy seems to have a bias against the Lego movies because the Lego movie itself was also not nominated. And I'm so mad about that still. And it uh, had that great amazing. song at the beginning. It does have that great. It has, everything is everything is awesome. It's like that should have been nominated. Ah. So uh, did you see did you see Lego Batman by any chance? No. 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 no not, not your thing. I think you oh, would enjoy that. It, uh, it, if you know, I'm I mean, a, I'm very pro Lego. My son, we had to get him an actual Lego table because he just he's at that age where he can sit and by himself spend an hour and a half putting together like a little Lego project. Oh, I can't wait for those days. And we and literally we just find the pieces and just you know kind of keep them on track. But he he will sit on his own and be like, I need to work on my helicopter or whatever, and he'll sit while I make dinner. And just like do his Legos. Oh. Do you do you actually make dinner, or do you just go? I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch this movie. I'm gonna read this book. <laughs> no, I actually. Oh, okay, all right. Well, that's 
that's that. So, uh, solid, uh, you know, feel like a solid, solid year all around for animated films. Yeah, but in looking, looking at it, looking at all of it, you're not going to nominate Lego Batman movie. Yes, we're going to give it to Coco. It's fabulous. And we're going to take a short break and we're going to tell you exactly why that is. Hey, they, hey. they told me not to be like the Lagros, but I didn't listen. Hey, okay. I told them I didn't care if they remembered me. I didn't care if I was on their stupid ofrenda. Hey, Chamaco, it's okay. It's okay. I told them I didn't care. Oh, oh. Hector! Oh. Hector! She's forgetting me. My daughter. She's the reason you wanted to cross the bridge. I just wanted to see her again. I never should have left Santa Cecilia. I wish I could apologize. I wish I could tell her that her papa was trying to come home. That he loved her so much. My Coco. Where, where did you get this? That's my mama Coco. That's my mama Imelda. Is that you? We're family? family. I always hoped I'd see her again. That she'd miss me. Maybe put up my photo. But it never happened. Amy, for those who did not get out to see Coco last year. What is Coco all about? It is about a boy who wants to be a musician, but he is held back by his family who is who has problems with musicians because his great great grandfather or is it his great yeah, great great how many greats too? Very great. It's a lot of he's regardless, pretty great. Left his left his family to be a musician and abandoned his family. So they said, no more music, and then they just go become shoemakers. You miss, and he, I, feel like, I feel like you just talked about the first five minutes of the movie, when really, we could, we could sum it down to Boy Travels to the Underworld, Mayhem, mayhem ensues. Very, very little. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mayhem, but uh, yes, I think we can start there, because this is a movie that is about family. And not, not only is it about family, it is about a minority family uh this is probably i think for a lot of a lot of folks certainly a lot of kids you know growing you know kids who are prime animated film watching age there could be among the first mainstream exposure to a completely all like non-white cast of characters and that's the big it's one of the big selling points about about the film is that 
Miguel, our main character, and his family. They're all voiced by you know Mexican or Spanish actors, all of them, and it's uh, and it's great. And what? How does? Does it outside of the setting, outside of the Mexican setting? Does the family appear any different than your family or my family? No, not at all. And that's one of the reasons why this film is so successful is because it's so universal. And not a lot of movies are like that. As much as you're learning, because to be honest, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey. I, I, we had a large uh, Korean population, Jewish population, you know what I mean? But we didn't really have a lot of Mexican people. So I had heard of the Day of the Dead, but embarrassingly, until I actually watched this movie, I didn't know exactly what it was. I knew the, co- you know, I knew the superficial stuff. Right. But I didn't know about the pictures and why it's celebrated and what it all means. But it's it's about family and loving your family, but wanting something that goes against what your family wants and what's more important. And in this film, you're introduced to characters that stay with their families, families that people that leave their families. And it's interesting. And what happens as a result of doing that? Yeah, I found found myself to be a little annoyed at Miguel's family because of their anti-music stance, because what, I don't know how you can, how do you live without music? Like, I understand this dude, gone done you wrong many generations ago. And sure, that's fine, but to not, to not hear bass, to not hear the Beatles, or to not hear, you know, Fly in the Family Stone, or just whoever, to not hear all these wonderful, amazing artists or local artists, it boggles my mind. It's 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 such a it's such a like this is a movie plot, uh, like like we like we writers are going to come up with this. It doesn't feel like it can work, and yet it somehow does work because the family they come they you know the family comes to an understanding. I disliked the family at first. I thought. Why does Miguel need these? Much in the same way that uh, when I saw The Big Sick last year, I'm like, Kumail, you do, like, these guys, this family is terrible. Like, you literally do not need them at all. Please leave. What are you doing? However, I can't, uh, there, that, that, there is that little bit of cultural divide where I go, I don't get it because I am a New England wasp and we don't talk about things at all we respect each other we we know we grew up with each other but you know we, we leave it at that we don't have to we are not stuck we are certainly not stuck with each other after the uh, after the afterlife but uh the fit the fam the family's great and what makes the film work is that miguel goes miguel who wants to be the musician he learns the value of family but the family also learns the value of music and in that way they come to uh, agreement and they in in the end everything is has we found the right balance and I think that's what really helps drive the film and make it make it very successful and make it uh, something that you that we the 
two we're just whiter than snow here people <laughs> can really like all right i don't i don't maybe i don't get all of the references it's or not, the symbology but it's 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 family and it's about under, it's, it's family about loving and, and fanning understanding. and things like holding grudges people do that people even do if that. it's not just about music but people remember things from gone by people who have done you wrong right people who people, like, you even like you. even when you were never even connected to them like i don't under, i do not understand grudges i i I am lousy at them. I'm like, I, why do I want to carry this around when I'm just going to be oh, I'm just poisoning my heart right now? I am I an expert on holding a grudge. You're an expert on hold, <laughs> holding a grudge? Okay, so maybe you're more pro-family than you, or pro-Amelda. Yeah, but, but, there's, but, but there's certain things and that you connect to. And we're, I don't know if I can say really my family's waspy. My grandmother's 100% Italian, but when she, and she was born in like 1914, came over on the boat from Italy, like immigrant. And when she was young, all she wanted to do was dance. She wanted to be a dancer. And she lived until she was 94 years old. And her biggest regret in life was that in the time, in the 1920s, you didn't want your daughter to grow up and be a dancer because they were like, you know, yeah, the scandalous, mm-hmm. trashy people, right? They're showing off ankle, like you know. So for exactly, so she wants to be a rocket. Is that not? And if you understood that, my grandmother is like four eleven, <laughs> and she wants to be a rocket. She was the tiniest little wisp of a person you ever saw in your life. But her uncles convinced her mother to pull her out of dance class. Oh. And even and whenever, even in her old age, whenever she talked about her family, she was like. I love them. I had the greatest family ever. They were so amazing. But then she'd be like, I always wanted to be a dancer. And I took my dance classes and I was about to go up to the next level and they pulled me out of my dance class. And it's the only regret. And so I feel like that's like Miguel, you know, it's something he really loves, but that you do. And like I said, she was 90 and she still remembers that sadness of it was something I loved, but they took it away from me because they thought, Oh, we don't want her mixed up with showbiz people. What have those people ever done? <laughs> I know. My mom, someone joked around, my mom could have been born in a steamer trunk on the road somewhere, but on the vaudeville circuit. But I mean, I, I guess, yay. That's good that she wasn't. It's good, but it's still, it, it affected me. I'm old, and I still remember her being like, I really wanted to dance. Oh. But her family was like, no, it's bad, and bad people. I'm hoping, hoping she's in whatever version of afterlife she is in. She's dancing the night away. Dancing it up. And she, we have videos of her dancing at my wedding. 90, 95. She's dancing. She's cutting a rug. That's awesome. That's awesome. Right, speaking of the afterlife, what are your thoughts on how the afterlife is portrayed here in the film? I absolutely loved it. It's not anything that I would have envisioned because being raised in New Jersey and just hearing different versions of things. But I loved it. It's so colorful and vibrant and fun. And they have big parties where they sing and dance. What's not to love? I visually, and we'll talk about this at some point, the, the world that the guys over at Pixar have created is amazing it is like las vegas what i imagine vegas to be like for yeah. some <laughs> it's it's kind of like lots las vegas light, dark with lots of lights pretty much pretty much it, uh, it, but it's it's a technical impressive the the lighting on the lighting and the colors it's so rich and beautiful uh, 
you know, there's something there's something about it where I'm like I'm like, oh, this is great, but at the same time, I go, this is actually doesn't seem like the best sort of afterlife slash way station that we can come up to because you know if you like if you love your family but you only like kind of like them guess what you're kind of stuck with those people not just not just for a while forever like imagine having to imagine having to deal with mama imelda not only your entire life but the literal entire afterlife as well and just and Picture you picture a relative that you that you know or you know that you're like oh yeah it's my it's my uncle and like yeah he's great but like hang out with this dude like we like like every year we just get to go and like be like hey yeah what's up uh, no we're just gonna go see the family and that's that's cool and another but thing that's also part of the Mexican culture is they're all from what I know which is limited so take this with a grain of salt everybody. <laughs> um, but they, in their culture, they they spend more time together as a family. Yeah, and 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 again, I'm 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 bringing my my cultural history history to it. But another thing that bothers me, the entire the entire place seems to re- revolve around a single day. We only get to see the single day, but it seems like the the Day of the Dead is literally the only time that anyone really like things we see we see uh de la cruz of course enjoy things because he can another thing the in, there's inequality here in the afterlife too some bullshit what we go through all of this crap in life and we get here and like oh the rich still get all of the cool shit <laughs> fuck this noise what is what is going on here not the point of the movie <laughs> i know i'm reading into it i get it it's uh it's it's fabulous it's beautiful, and I, I love how we get to see the highs of the highs, but then we also get to see the people who are going to be forgotten. We get uh, a great, oh, car- yeah, we get uh, we get uh, Edward James almost vo- voicing the voicing this character who Hector goes to see to get a guitar, and Hector plays this uh, funny song for for Edward James almost, and then he just and then almost disappears to go to the final death, like the final death. That was like it was a very touching moment, and he leaves the. Leaves the very lifelike whiskey uh, whiskey shot on the on the table, and it's, it's just beautiful. And like I, you get to see, there's this. It's a it's it's kind of like our world, except people can fall and they can get back together, and there are floating giant birds and dragons and things all around. And it's 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 beautiful. I love the world they created, and especially you know what I'm a big fan of overly complicated sci-fi or horror bureaucracies like <laughs> Brazil. I fucking love the bureaucracy in Brazil. There's a great bureaucracy scene in Jupiter Ascending where they have to go through like lines and lines and lines. And I love I love how here even in the afterlife we take we humans manage to take this beautiful dream of a place and we still manage to put paperwork and lines and queues and all sorts of other things that we have to that we bring over from the real world we're like well no you need to stand over there it's like no your your picture is not on on a friend you got to go back like oh my god this is so like we just we just gotta take and we gotta organize and we gotta we gotta just make everything spend the rest of your life at the dmv isn't that everybody's fantasy oh (laughs) jesus it's um yeah so 
I am reading reading a lot into it. Were, were there some? Was there was there a particular spot or place that really overpowered you in the film? Like just 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 the look of it. I'm I'm always, I'm always curious, especially about a Pixar movie, because they do so much not only story wise but in just how they create the world that it uh, it becomes a character itself. I liked at the end when his. The dragon's flying and the dog starts changing colors. Yeah. Like he's part of the afterlife now. I thought that was really cool. Dante. It, just, it was sweet. Yeah. Dante, hello, symbolism. Yes, obviously. Obviously, can our English major explain exactly what that is to the people who don't quite get it right now? Well, in the Divine Comedy by Dante, there's a character named Dante who travels through the underworld, and Virgil? Virgil, yes, the writer of the Aeneid. Of the Aeneid, yes. Takes him around the underworld and up through Purgatorio and Paradiso. Side note, no one ever reads those unless you're getting a PhD. Just read the Inferno, it's so much better. Side note. (laughs) Anyways, anyways, yes. But I was like, oh my gosh, that's Italian! Oh my gosh, the Divine Comedy. The, the guy, the sort of European, the Western guide to the underworld is Dante, and uh, he's a it's great, great little dog, who so dumb and yet comes through big in the big in the end. And he gets all colorful, and it's really pretty. Yeah, they do, they do. Um, it's a film about death, and for that, it's really it's. About death, you know, not not in a like watership down kind of way where terrible things happen to rabbits kill rabbits. each other. Oh my god, it's, it's a film about death, and uh, what I think this, what I think the legacy of this film is, because we're here to discuss like how we can see this film five years from now, ten years from now, is the is that you can watch this film with your kids. And, uh, Amy, I hope you get to watch this film with your kids. because they're, Oh, they're, totally. They're, they're older. And you can talk about these things. You can, I think this is a, I think this is a great entryway into the discussion of death. Certainly for us, because we're all like uptight and, and whatnot. But I, I, I think it, <laughs> like, what, like, how, like, how would you, how would you feel about showing William this film? When he can, when he can sit still and he can watch the whole thing and discussing that. I don't know if you you have even discussed that. No, we're he's more into uh, the origin of his life. Uh, oh, so we're we're on that topic and we're sort of getting into that a little bit. Um, I don't know if I would use this as a way to teach about life and death. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. yeah, I think. I would use it more as a cultural thing about how this is how this group of people sees it. When I think, and just not to go off on a huge tangent, but a little bit of a tangent, Mm -hmm. uh, Charlotte's Web, the original animated one, just to understand the cycle of life, that we are born, we live, we die, and the world kind of keeps going on. I think that's sort of the basic structures that, I can prepare him with, but this is very, it's so specific. Yeah. Okay. That I think it would be like, well, this is what people have different beliefs about what happens. This is what this group of people believes. But, uh, 
Which is not to say that one is neither right nor wrong. It's just, yeah, it's, it's not it's not right or wrong, but just and it depends on your child. It depends on your religion, what your personal beliefs are. I think, but I think I think having this as a way to expose them to other cultures, oh, ideas totally. of the afterlife is is, oh, is yeah. the, the best thing this this movie can do. Like this movie tells a great story. This movie has great music. It's beautiful, but. And the theme of family, and it's it's beautiful for all of that, but specifically to be like, oh, eventually you're gonna die. I don't know if this is the movie that I would use. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, but not to say. But if you want to, that's right. Great. I know, but, and you know, maybe uh, I have hopefully many years, many many years before I have to really really talk about that. But um, yeah, well. I'll go to, I will check back in in when we have exhausted <laughs> literally all the films that have been ever nominated for best picture and we'll, we'll talk about how I broached this or when you and, lose one of your cats. Oh, well, not for many years I hope. But hopefully she's solidly in her her double digit privilege. Anyways, um as with a lot of things uh this is a movie where if people just stopped a minute and gave out just the most basic of information, you would, first of all, okay, you would not have the movie, and that's fine. But you would be able to just not have to go through all this life and death peril and whatnot. Sure, you wouldn't learn it. You wouldn't like learn to really believe in yourself. Your family wouldn't learn, but... Um, you just have a simple conversation. Hey, Mama Melda, what's my grandfather's name? Oh, it's Hector. Hey, I know Hector right here. <laughs> Boom. There he's like, really? It's a 20-minute movie, and nothing really changes. And, you know, Miguel goes back to his regular life, and it's unchanged. I get it. It's, it's one of the things that go, you just need to talk about it a little bit more. <laughs> But there are things, though, that people that don't come out for a long, long time. Yeah, it's a long after you are dead. Long yeah. After you are dead. Uh, as we know, uh, Mama Imelda really holds a grudge. I think this is uh, one of the all-time great grudge holders. You have. You loved her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she was such a firecracker. I loved her. She was so funny. And she had a right to be angry. Yeah. She had a, she had a right to be angry. And, and I do... I was very annoyed for about five minutes when she learned the truth and she was still angry. I'm like, oh, you got to be good. But she did come around when it learned that Hector was straight up murdered by Ernesto de la Cruz in, uh, you know, way back when. And she was still like, I'm still mad at you. I'm like, God damn it. Just no, she was like, but, but, you know, but, she softened. She softened. But obviously, seeing it from her perspective, really the lowest of the low abandoning your family and your child like mm -hmm. is there anything as as a father and a who loves his child as a husband who loves his wife would you not think that that would be the worst thing that you could do to your family abandoning what this is not this is not abandoning it's a it, they it depends. thought that he did though yeah they 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 did they did think they and i and i and i get that, that they did. they thought that he they thought that he did 
And And it wasn't just about the music, but it's about being that lifestyle. And when you have a child, you don't want your child to pick up the bad habits of family members in the past. No, I suppose I don't. And that's what, and that's what they see it as. It's not like, Oh, we just don't like music, but it's, we don't want you to be the kind of person that would, you know, there's the bohemian lifestyle, which is great, which you're artistic. I'm artistic, you know, Uh, but but would it be worth, you know, abandoning your family for what's more important? Well, it depends. How, how annoying is a baby today? No, she's adorable. She's fine. She's sleeping. But I also understand the importance of music. My husband works a regular job, but you know what? When he gets his time, he sits, he plays the guitar. We have a piano. He sits, he makes up little themes. He makes up little theme songs for my children. Oh. Oh, it's extremely cute. I didn't realize until after we got married that like we own a mandolin. I was like, really? How long have we had this? He's <laughs> like, oh, I had one. I was like, if I, did, if I hadn't already married you, I'd marry you again. I don't think, I don't, you know, that doesn't make you more married. I think it's the same amount of married. Um, yeah, she's, uh, Imelda, is great. She's also, a, she's a deep, she's a deeper character than I, I think I originally give her crap. I'm, like, I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving her crap, but it's mostly because they you all. You know the be, end of the movie. Yeah, because, 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 because at the end of the movie, when they all come together, when they all realize the, the the importance of the individual in the in the family, the importance of music the, that music has had on the family and will continue mm-hmm. to have on the family, like it defines the family. I think that like, that's what really uh, it all of my all of my hostility towards them evaporates because they they learn they and and she refers to him as the love of her life when she yeah. meets Ernesto. She's like. You murdered the love of my life. He's like, I'm the love of your yeah, life. She's like, like, I'm still angry I, at you. Yes, <laughs> I'm still angry at you. It was like, it was so, oh, it was so sweet. Mm-hmm. But that's how, that's how family is, though. Is sometimes you, you love them more than anything in the world. Kind of the like, when you can make a comment about your family member, but if someone else outside the family said it, you'd be like, drop dead. How dare yeah. you? Oh yeah, I, you I, know I, what I mean. I, and they do. They drive you. If you have a passionate, fiery family, it's even more so. You're like, I love you. I would die for you. You drive me, but no one drives me more crazy than you do because they know all the buttons to push. Right. It's, and you have those shared memories. The difference but between love and life. Said that that anyone in my family was annoying, I'd be like, I'm going to hunt you down and kill you because that's just that's what we do. And <laughs> one would convict me because you're the worst. I know. Um. Why is the film called Coco? Why do you think they chose it to be not, you know, just like the Day of the Dead or Miguel's Journey? They use a character who we only get glimpses of. It's uh, Miguel's great grandmother, yes, I believe in this case, and Hector and Imelda's daughter. So it's kind of the kind of the the bridge between them. Why do you why 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 call it Coco? She's the nucleus of the whole family. Okay. She bridges together. She bridges together Miguel and the people in the afterlife. She remembers what the old family was like. She's there for all the new stuff. Yeah, she's the. She's the it's a film about memory. First, it's about family, but it's also about memory and how the memories we have of people. How are their spirits in the afterlife? That's why you have to put the photos on your friend up. 
during the Day of the Dead so that they can feel remembered. That's why the song Remember Me is as powerful as it is. And I was thinking about it, and there are, Pixar is, they are masters at the the ticking clock in adventure movies. And that, mm-hmm. you know, you have to get to, you have to do a certain thing by a certain time. In this film, there's, they have a day to finish, to get the blessing from one of Miguel's family members. So Miguel can go back to the real world, or else he, Marty McFly's himself, and he becomes a, he becomes a, he comes stuck there. He dies essentially. But there is actually a, there's a, there's another equally powerful ticking clock happening. And that is Coco herself, because she is dying, and she is literally because of Mama Imelda's uh, ban on music, on ban on even talking about her husband, who is nameless. She is the only one who remembers Hector as. Mm-hmm as this and so she's also she's all she is slowly dying herself and she is also and so she becomes uh the second the second clock a sort of a counterbalance to um to miguel uh, to miguel and the, the, the sunrise in, in the underworld which uh which is great and which then makes the moment between miguel who's been on this journey who has seen hector and the, their scene at the end when he is singing remember me Oh. To her, I was losing it because he's got, he's got his little his little young young kid voice and he's, his voice is cracking, and it doesn't seem like it's working. But then Coco starts to remember everything, and uh, you know, hearts swoon. The family I changes. Yeah. Tears. Oh, it's uh, oh. I just oh I was, when it showed Hector and he would sing it to her when she was a little girl. Which oh yeah, and she was the cutest little girl. I, like I like I looked at looked I watched it while the baby was sleeping. I looked in the monitor. I'm like, oh, little baby, I want to I want to sing and all the songs. I have a person, you know. I have a song I sing to my son, and I have a song I sing to my daughter. So I joke around that when I dance with William at his wedding, that that's going to be the song that we play. Is the song that I sing to him. He doesn't know that yet, but I just you have those things, you know, and those memories, and that's. That's what life's made of. That's the best stuff there is in life. It is. It is. Uh, it's, I I declare it even better than a good movie are those great memories that you have with the people in your life. Right. And to be reminded of those memories, and that's that's another thing with movies. That's like memories. Remind yourself of the of these things, of these people, of the, this person, your dad, who you just you just have bits and scraps of because your mom held that held him away from you because. You know he he did it he did a shitty thing, quote unquote did a shitty thing. Uh, it's it's a movie that really it takes you th- it takes you through a big journey, and I know you know adventure movies do that all the time, but this one it really it focuses on it keeps true to the characters it it focuses on them and just it puts them through stuff and you're right there alongside them. And you just want to hug your family afterwards. You want to call and be like, you guys are the worst, but I love you and thanks for thanks for helping. It is. And as, as someone who lives, my whole, my whole side of the family lives in New York, so I don't get to see them very often. But my nine-year-old's niece, my sister, let her have a little iPhone so when she's at home she can text message me and she sends me these little emojis and she tells me all the things she's doing at school. It's the best. It's the best, and I only get to see them a couple times a year. Yeah, it's, uh, I wonder. I wonder. 
I do wonder if the if if uh, if the ofrendas can get upgraded. Like if you put your put like a, a like a digital like picture that sort of like scrolls through a bunch of different family yep. members, does that count in downstairs? Do they upgrade the technology no. in the afterlife? Is like do they have like what's what's the budget they have on technology? I'm now I'm now I'm just very curious. Like what about cell phones? What about this? What if like you have a picture? Yep. Of some like someone you like an old family member that you look at every now and then does that count? Does it have to be on the ofrenda? What's going on? Do they have mobile ofrendas? What? How are you? Op- how are you going to deal with the modern world? Uh, the Day of the Dead. Please do tell me. We would love to, love to hear from you. Um, so with the recent winners, we have to ask: uh, Did the film deserve to win Best Animated Feature, Amy? Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We're we're in agreement. Walking in on this one. That's absolutely sure. And uh, how do you think Coco will survive the years? How do you think we will talk about this five or ten years from now? I think it's going to survive very well. Because unlike certain movies that seem like a flash in the pan, Frozen, I'm looking at you. Mm. Frozen was kind of became remembered because of a song that was in the movie that was catchy and I don't need to go into that. But this is about, again, what it means to be human. And those are the movies that have longevity. It's about family. It's about memories. It's about following your passion. And these are things that every single person on the planet can relate to. And those are the movies that endure over time. I think this one is very special. Uh, It maybe it's not as... It doesn't hit the pop culture the way that Frozen does, the way that the original Cars did. But maybe I'm looking at the wrong culture. I bet I would I'd be curious to see how this movie is, was, is hailed in, in Mexico and in Latin America and Spain and in the places where that it is... Is is a movie that is about so much more than than just this one of one particular event in Mexico, but it is very much grounded in this cultural holiday that is in, very intimate to a very large portion of the entire world's population. And they're just going to, and they are, and there's just more and more of them, and that's great. And I think that this will, uh, they will, they will bring this with them. And we uh, certainly, as uh, as people sort of in the dominant hegemony right now, uh, can 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 learn can learn about can learn to appreciate, and we can understand that. Hey, we're all you know, we got families. We're all annoying, but you know they love us. They want what's best for us. Maybe and maybe sometimes we need to teach them that what's best that what they think is best for us is not what's best. For us, indeed, and we should. And they see to... us as we are. We annoy them, but they still love us. And how many people can you say that about? They'll always be there for you. Yeah, indeed, and uh, that's that's where I think I think this will it, it transcends cultural boundaries, and we need more films like that. Certainly, in these trying times, to remind us that we're all human. We all have families and that you know we just uh, we all just we're all loved and man we need more of that i think that would be a a great thing to tell everyone indeed indeed so you have been listening to oscar watch 
thank you so much for your time and your attention today. If you like what you hear, please write us an email at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com. We are still taking your requests for the entire month of December where you guys call the tune. So write us an email about a film that won Best Picture, was nominated for Best Picture, or a movie that you think really should have been nominated for Best Picture. And tell us why that is, and we will sort through our list of submissions and decide on the best ones. So get your game face on. Make sure to uh, make sure to get all your syntax and grammar and grammar ready. We are <laughs> going to mark on that and write us in at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on social media. Amy Thompson, where can folks find you? A Thomason Eleven on Twitter or our Facebook page. Yes, next week, uh, big week, big Tuesday next week. Uh, go and vote, and we hope to have our election special up to you on Thursday. That is assuming the world still exists on Wednesday. Uh, I can we can think of no better film to discuss are during the most important midterm election, most important election of our lives, then Mr. Smith goes to Washington. For your reconsideration, Jimmy Stewart, one of the all-time most memorable films, the movie that reminds us what America is all about. Hopefully, we have some good news to report. But we yes. Will see. We will see. So uh, take care, folks. Go and vote. Please watch Coco if you got the time. And until next time, we'll see you on the red carpet. No dejaré de quererte, no dejaré de quererte.